up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man Keith Bradley. As always, Keith, what's going on today? Oh, not a whole lot. No, uh, busy, busy night. Did you work last night? Uh, no, I was off. This oh. is my short week. Oh, nice. That's always that's always nice when you got a short week. Yeah, when so. you're off four days, it's something to look forward to. Yes, yes, it is. I remember when I was at the casino. Um, I was I was a pit boss for like ten years out at the casino, and I worked nights for much of that time. And when we did four tens, that was always the greatest thing ever. When we could do four tens, because it was like, oh man, that extra, that extra day off is so nice. Oh, so, yeah. absolutely! Yeah. It it's refreshing. Yeah, it's the only reason I keep my my job at Amazon, the fact that I can literally like pick and choose when I want to work. I mean, basically, you know, and I've only, I only, I work two days a week. It's just two, two double shifts back to back days. And then I'm good to go. I mean, obviously I, I got a lot of other work to do with, with the business, with my business and stuff, but only oh, having yeah. to go to my yep. job two days a week, you know, that's, that's a good thing. So, Makes it nice. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, but a bunch of stuff we got to cover today. Obviously, Daytona 500 this last this last Sunday, which was um, I, which was an awesome race. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. Do definitely got a couple of things on the dirt side to cover. And F1, I know Keith, you don't follow too much of the F1, but we do have some testing finally underway, which is a big deal since we've got the new um, the new cars uh, being unveiled and and you know, that type of stuff, because we've got all new cars this year in F1. NASCAR is not the only series that rolled out new cars this, this year. And just like on the NASCAR side, the F1 cars are very, very different than what we had last year. So we'll cover, cover all of that and more, but first, obviously we've got to get to the Daytona 500. That was the big one. Keith, did you get to see any of the race at all? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I got to watch it, man, and it was it was awesome. Now I did not get to see the whole thing through um, because this last Sunday um, was my we did my wife's birthday uh, party. So her birthday was a couple weeks ago on the ninth. We were gonna do her birthday party the weekend before on Super Bowl Sunday because my my wife's family. Um, they, they don't follow football. They don't follow the NFL. So they didn't even realize it was Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but you know, part of the family was actually sick. Uh, they had COVID and so we didn't do it then. We, a few of us got together, but we didn't do the party. It was like, okay, we'll do it next Sunday, which happened to be Daytona 500. So I did not get to watch the whole thing all the way through, but I have gone back. I, I saw the end of it, um, the final segment of it. And then I went back and I watched kind of the middle part that I had missed because I saw the beginning part and I liked it man I I was I enjoyed it I was happy with what I saw I thought it was much more in line with the type of uh you know restrictor plate racing that we saw you know back in the day I mean all it was it almost reminded me of pre-restrictor plate racing in the sense obviously they were grouped up and bunched up but you saw packs separate you saw you know cars you know it wasn't just a a huge pack of 40 cars separated by one second you know what I mean like you actually saw groups breaking off and stuff like that 
and it was it was really good racing man they they would get tremendous runs um you know crazy passes and then obviously as it happens at almost every restrictor plate race it the finish came down to the wire um you know and austin Cendrick just i i mean you know in only your ninth ever cup race to win the daytona 500 um it might be i it's it's gonna be hard to hard to top that for him in his racing career yeah because i mean heck there's a possibility that that might be his only win of the year yeah exactly you know and for him to come in and his you know first obviously first race of the season but like i said it's only his ninth cup race um he's in you know his penske ride the number two car and he comes out and wins the uh the daytona 500 gets a win and has locked himself into the playoff now too so i mean just an incredible start for him you really can't really can't get any better than that no and and what i liked about it is the the finish was actually really good too yes it was good racing at the end of it I was pulling for Chase Briscoe most of the time because he's an Indiana guy, race sprint cars with him, and I really thought he had a shot coming at the line, and then Blaney got blocked and a bunch of other stuff, and they kind of separated, which tends to happen at the end of that race. Yeah. Yeah, no, Briscoe, he had an insane run um, up on that high line, and Bubba Wallace gave Blaney a huge push and, and Blaney went up high and had Blaney not gone all the way up. And obviously uh, part of the reason he went all the way up into the wall was because Cendric went up and blocked him, which was an, an incredibly smart move by Cendric because that's what won. Had he not blocked Blaney, I think Blaney would have won that race. Oh, I, I think so too. Um, if it wasn't for that block, I think Blaney would have got around him. But man, what a what a run for Austin Sidnerick. He stayed up front for, from what I've seen, most of the race. And he kept his car clean. I mean, that's what more can you ask for? Yeah, no, he did. He had a good run. Um, there was obviously, you know, quite a few wrecks, as always happens with um, with these these types of races. Uh, you know, a couple of, couple of guys losing losing wheels on the cars and stuff like that. So... You know, that's going to be something to pay attention to, um, you know, with these with these single lug wheels, because, you know, that was a big a big talking point coming into the year with these with these next gen cars. But overall, yeah, it was it was really good. And Cendric, he ran up front. I mean, he showed to be um, a dominant car for most of the race. You know, uh, Truex Jr. won the first two um you know, segments, splits, whatever the heck you want to call them. And then uh, even though Trix had won those, Cendric had been running up in that front pack. And so he had been there all day long, and, and yeah, he was there at the end. So awesome win for him, man. He definitely showed that, uh, at least on the on the plate races, he uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, and one good thing about it is the Fords are always strong on super speedways. They don't show a ton of speed early. But they're always at the end. Yeah, they are. And there was a lot of them. You saw a lot of the manufacturers working together where you saw Toyota's drafting with Toyota. Right? They're not the same team, but the same manufacturer. Ford's drafting with Ford's, you know, that type of thing. And, yeah, the Ford's were tough, man. They were fast. Um, you know, the 
the Hendrick boys ran into some some tough luck there. Um, William Byron got wrecked. He was out in front and he got wrecked. An incident that happened up in the high line above him, and it just he was just a victim of circumstance. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott got got tangled up in the same incident. Larson had a huge run. Harvick had a huge run. Had to check up for the 17 car, and then. Larson gets into the back of Harvick, and then you know that cascades and takes out a bunch of cars. And so, tough, tough night for the uh, you know the the tip of the spear when it comes to the Chevrolets. But yeah, the Fords they uh, they definitely showed to to have the speed or continue to have the speed even with these next gen cars at the plate races. Yeah, and and one thing that it did show too um, with the new car that it it can get upside down. They've not figured out how to keep it on the ground which i don't think you ever will i don't think you'll ever truly be able to keep the car on the ground but what blew my mind is harrison burton got upside down sliding sideways yeah that, that's kind of concerning mm-hmm. especially going to california this weekend where speeds are just as fast if not a little bit faster and it, it it's almost concerning if a car gets sideways is the same thing gonna happen yep exactly yeah and and at california uh, It'll be interesting because I actually think we might see speeds faster than we saw at Daytona. Now, Daytona, you know, when they get those runs, you can have those, you know, those runs where you get a, you, you suck up on a car in front of you and you got someone behind you pushing, right? And you get that, that perfect storm. And then that, you know, they get up to 195, you know, something like that. But it's, it's very short lived where at California, you know, this is going to be the first race where we're going to get to see the full potential of this low downforce, high horsepower package, right? Where we're going to get 670 horsepower with a four-inch spoiler. And I do think we're going to get to see speeds up around 190 at the end of the straightaway. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, California is a big, you know, two-mile track. It's It's banked. It's really wide. There's multiple grooves that you can run. I do think the the... The faster groove. This is just my own personal, I don't know, theory of what we'll see at California this week. But with the current aero package and the speed, I think we're going to see a lot more cars running the middle and higher lines at these types of tracks. Um, I think because it's going to be a lot more easy to handle. Um, one of the things I've been hearing about the next gen cars from drivers, and it's not as severe now with the with the new package but before you know that the cars the way that they had to set them up they had to make them so mechanically tight to get them to work and now with you know them cutting that spoiler in half and and adding the power um they're still having to run them on the tighter side from what we've heard so far keep in mind it's just been tests and, and a restrictor plate race but you know, if you loosen them up too much, from what everybody is saying, is that they're just really hard to control. And then you know, when you, when uh, you know, looser car, it's much easier to to run that thing up around the top than it is to try to wheel it around the bottom. Yeah, and and one thing that I'm gonna be interested to see, and I noticed it during the Daytona 500, they're running a bunch of four tire pit stops. They were they were keeping it to two because of the the new lug and then you had wheel issues so now i feel like now that we're away from the super speedways for a while mm-hmm. i think it, i think the pit stops are going to be crucial now yeah the the, the pit crews are going to have a ton of pressure on them because 
Okay, we just went to Daytona and we had two cars have issues. Yes. Wheel issues, wheel problems. Now it's, is it going to carry over to California? Because not, you're going to have to do a four-tire pit stop. You can't just run around all weekend on two tires. It just, you, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. The track's too abrasive and, and the tires wear too fast. So I I feel like if you have a good day on pit road, you probably have a really good shot at winning. Yes, I think that's going to be, I think the pit stops are going to be a, a huge factor. I mean, the pits have always been a huge factor, but now with this, this addition that we have, and you know, the, you bring up the tire wear, and that is something that I think we're going to see a lot of um, at, you know, these, these intermediate tracks, these mile and a half, two mile tracks, heck, even some of the shorter tracks, you know, maybe the one miles, um, half miles, that type of thing where, you know, the left side tires on these cars um, you know, at obviously non-plate tracks seem to wear out at a much quicker clip than they did on the previous gen. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the independent suspensions that these things have now. You know, it's 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 so different than having the solid rear end, you know, the way that the car rolls, the way that weight transfers, because now you're looking at basically just it's you've got four individual corners and now you know, loading that corner um, is, it's, I mean, independent suspension. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the name says it all. It's much more independent per each corner than it, obviously you still have weight transfer without, you know, not without having to, to geek out on this stuff and, and, you know, too much inside baseball, but the, you'll see the left sides wear out a whole lot more than the right sides because it's not just rolling over like it used to. Even with these things pinned to the ground the way that they were, the weight would, would shift to the right side. The right side would be so much more loaded than that left, and you're not seeing that as much now because of the suspension. You can see these things really squat down on all four corners of the car. So I think four tire stops, once you get past 10 laps, you know, some of these bigger tracks are going to be a must if there's a caution. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out this week at California. Yeah. And, and I also just read where NASCAR is, they're doing something different to the backside of the wheels with the pinhole deal. I'm not a hundred percent sure what it, what it does. I've not really looked into it, mm-hmm. but they made the holes bigger. Don't know what it's supposed to do. Don't know if it's supposed to help get the tire on the hub and keep it on the hub. But I'm I'm interested to know exactly what happened to the colleague wheel that came off because it looked like the wheel split in half because uh, Justin Haley was dragging some of that wheel with him so yeah I I'm interested to know I don't feel like I feel like the teams that lost tires in the Daytona 500 necessarily shouldn't have been penalized mm-hmm. just because it's new it, it's a new wheel it's new lugs they're not something nascar's never done for one and for two i don't yeah you kind of got to keep them held accountable to it but on the other hand i felt like they could have been lenient on it because i'm i think kaylee lost his pit his crew chief for three races and yeah our chief for three races and it just i feel like it was a little overdone with everything being so new they've not done pit stops other than in practice at the shops is this is the first time putting it to the test in a race scenario. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like they could have let it go for the first time. Yeah. But then again, if you're going to let it go the first time you're going to have teams argue it well, you let them get away with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing for them. It's, it's very tough when you talk about precedence, you know, setting up precedence and, and 
once you do something, yeah, then it becomes easy for people to go, well, hey, you didn't you didn't do that to to that team over there. Why are you doing it to us? So NASCAR even, is going to come out, I think, with the you know with the hammer on on this stuff early on in the season with this car. Or even change it to where you don't lose your crew chief for three races. Yeah, fine. The it's fine. I'm yeah. fine with the fine. Yeah. But with it being so new, let, let's wait a year till we suspend people for pit stops. That's yeah. just how I feel. Yeah. On. Let's let's wait before we sus- before we suspend probably the most crucial person in the pit stops, which is the crew chief. Hence the name. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I think a fine might have been a little bit better, but yeah. It'll be like I said. It's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out, and and it's going to be that way for the whole, the whole season. Obviously, you know the first half of the season is going to be, you know, more chaotic because everything is so new. Each time they go to a track, it's gonna be different. Um, now we do have, interesting enough, here in just a couple of weeks. Um, what is it? March twentieth. Uh, March twentieth at Atlanta. They they're going back to Atlanta's the one track outside of Daytona and Talladega where they're running the low horsepower, high downforce cars. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how that track really plays out. Like I'm looking forward to to California this week and I'm looking forward to Vegas and Phoenix Um, more so Vegas because Vegas is, you know, that's a fast mile and a half track. But it's I, I I think it's really interesting to see how Atlanta's going to be with the reconfiguration and then, you know, them running the high downforce, low horse, horsepower. I'm wondering how that's going to turn out. Yeah, and well, not only are they running the new package, but Atlanta's been completely resurfaced and rebanked. So Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been completely there's... reconfigured. There's two different things there. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna end up being really good. Um, yeah, like, I I do like, too. Like I've been saying since we've been talking about the next gen stuff, I'm more curious to see more short track stuff. Yes. Because I mean we've seen what happened at the LA Coliseum. Mm-hmm. You get just a little bit of damage on the right side and you you broke a lot of stuff underneath your car. Yeah. And I I I hope it don't continue like that on short tracks just because I feel like it'd ruin it a little bit. But well, I yeah, mean that's one... the point of short tracks beating and banging. Well, one thing Bubba Wallace proved, though, you can still run up front without a fender. So, I mean, there's that. That yeah. that, that was Kyle surprising Bush was doing to it me. Too. <laughs> yeah, and Kyle Busch had damage from two crashes. He, I wouldn't really say he was involved in, but he was involved in. And it, from what I noticed, you can beat the hell out of these cars, and they're still they're still draftable. They're still fast. Yep. Um, it'll be curious to see next week, though, or this weekend. With the Harrison Burton deal, I'm 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 not worried, but I'm kind of worried at the same time because I mean you can't keep getting cars upside down. No, you can't. you can't. You can't. And unfortunately, they learned the hard way on the safety of the car. Thank God Harrison Burton was okay. And I think another thing we need, as we're figuring it out with the next gen car, we got to figure it out with the Xfinity cars too, because Myatt Snyder took one hell of a ride Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it just sheared the front end of the car off. The rear end of the car was gone. Uh, Michael Jordan had suspension components in the front end of his bus. It just, it was bad. Yeah. It was a really mm-hmm. bad incident. Yeah, that was scary, man. There, you know, if you got parts like that flying all over the place, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a real scary thing. And, um, you know, my, 
my best buddy, Josh Hughes, and I don't know if I, I think I've told this story on the pod before, but when I was a kid going to the local dirt track out here, Triple M, I can't remember, I don't know what the hell it's called now. I think it's called Marysville Raceway Park, but back then it was called Triple M, which was like Marysville Motorsports something, I don't know. Um, but I was a kid going out there, and I remember we were at a race one time, and a, a wheel had fallen off a car and had bounced over the fence and went into the grandstands. And, um, you know, ambulance comes, all this stuff like this. And years later, because I was like five when this happened. It was one of the first races I'd ever gone to. And years and years later, I remember we were at the racetrack and I was in, I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14. And me and my buddy Josh, we were at the gold cup race and we were walking down to go to the bathroom and there was a race going on. And when we got back, we got our asses chewed by Josh's stepdad, Chuck, for doing that. And I was like, we just went to the bathroom. Like we didn't, we weren't down buying crack. Like what's the big deal? Well, Josh's mom, Debbie had told us she was like, Chuck got hit by a, tire and broke his back well it turned out that was him all them years before flying debris now that was at a dirt track right you know with a with you know someone running a modified at the local quarter mile you talk about a a nascar you know cup series or xfinity car where you've got parts flying off at twice the speed um yeah that you know where you got stuff flying into people you know the grill of a bus like that if that hits somebody they're dead there is no coming back from that oh for sure yeah because because even on the front end of Myatt's car it it pulled the motor out of the car yeah they had to put the motor on a tow truck mm-hmm. just to get it back to the pits i mean they they've got to figure it out like i know we we like comparing racing across different aspects of racing and i wish there was a way that they could figure out to come up with a tether system yeah because usac has made it mandatory you got to run tethers on front wheels um they've not figured it out for the rear wheels which i don't think he ever will not not with a sprint car not with the way else. But I mean, even then, we got we got tethers for front wheels. We got tethers for the radius rods to keep them from flying off. I feel like NASCAR could probably go to USAC to see what they're doing to see if they can bring it to us. Because I'm sure there's a way where you could put a tether on the on the spindle at least. Because part of part of Mayan Snyder's spindle was wedged in the front grill of michael jordan's bus on the back straightaway which is scary if you think about it yeah i mean even then look look what happened to kyle larson at daytona a few years ago in xfinity Mm -hmm. yeah or carl edwards at talladega i mean i know nascar does a lot with safety but i feel like they need to do a little more maybe put some safety screens up outside of the fencing or inside the fencing i i don't know i don't think we'll ever come up with a way to know yet but I mean, it, it was, it could have been a lot worse, even with yeah. uh, Harrison Burton's crash. It could have been a lot worse too. Yeah, it could, it could. It was fortunate that, that there was nobody, you know, we didn't have serious injuries or any, you know, worse, you know, someone dying from, from flying debris. So yeah, it, it was, a you know, all things considering with, you know, the fact that the motor came out, you know what I mean, with the stuff, the parts that were lost, the fact that none of the, you know, that it was, 
um, that it turned out the way that it is actually a good thing. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully NASCAR learns from it and gets this stuff uh, dialed in because they'll, you know, don't want to, we don't want the next one to, to end someone's life because that'll be all bad. No, because my first thought with the Myatt Snyder crash was, could you imagine that being on the French straightaway like Kyle Larson's? Yeah. Myatt's was a little worse, I think, because it, it ripped everything off the car. Yep. Rear end was gone. The housings were gone. Drive lines gone. When I seen the front end of it spin around, I'm like, oh my God, even the engine's gone. Where's the engine at? And then the guy behind him hit the motor. And I was like, oh, Jesus, criminy, this this could be really bad. Yeah, exactly. Steve might walk away and then do an interview after. It was a sigh of relief, and it's good to know. And we see it all the time in dirt racing with sprint mm-hmm. car racing. They're, they're the most violent flips I've ever seen in my life as far as racing goes or even IndyCar. I just feel like NASCAR could do a little more on the safety side from keeping components inside the racetrack and not – to get them outside of the racetrack and, and get more people hurt, more injuries. And what comes with injuries is lawsuits. And then you don't really want that. No, you don't, you don't. So, so yeah, we'll have to see what develops from it, but yeah, so far, good start to the season. I I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the racing that I saw, um, across the The... board, across the board. I, I mean, the truck race, the Xfinity race, the cup race, I was happy with all of it. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta follow suit. Uh, I was surprised with the Cup Series. I didn't think the cars were gonna draft as good, and it kind of reminded me of back when you can tandem, tandem draft, because you could see two cars get out and pull away, and mm-hmm. and the difference was the the guys behind them were catching them. That's the I like that. Yes, I don't like the tandem draft where it's all right. You got to hook up with this guy, and that's the only way you can win. You got to stay with that guy the whole time, and it's all spread out. I even the Xfinity race was really good. The Truck Series race was, I think, one of the better ones I've seen at Daytona. I think the truck races are always phenomenal at Daytona. I really do. I, 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 I think, think the they're truck incredible. races outside of Daytona are incredible. Yeah. I love watching the trucks. Yeah, I yeah I do too. I enjoy the truck races, man. I really do. Um, I don't follow them obviously as closely as the other ones, but when I when I have the chances to watch them, I love watching them, man. I do, and I always go back and watch the highlights of them, even if I miss the race, just because there's usually something exciting that happens in those things, man. They're they're just really they're so unique in the the way that they drive and the the way that they are in a lot of the tracks. You know, they're you know drafting is a factor at a lot of the tracks just because of the way that they're built. You know, they have so much more drag. Um, with the config, you know, with how that, how that thing is, it's a truck, you know, so it just, it always makes for some really interesting racing. Yeah. And in like the midget racing, that's my bet. That's my favorite car to watch. And the same thing with the trucks. They're my favorite to watch. I feel like they put on, I wouldn't say better racing than the cup cars. Maybe at certain tracks, it's a little better. Yeah. But I mean, as far as competition goes, I mean, it's pretty even in trucks. You can, you could beat the ever living hell out of them for one, and they you could still go out and win with it. Yep. And I I like how sometimes the trucks are out of control and they're they're wrecking loose, and you can see them sliding through the corner, and they're still wheeling the hell out of it. I ah I'm just a I'm a big fan of that kind of racing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like it. So yeah, good start to the season for NASCAR. 
um, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, hopefully they hopefully they'll continue they'll continue the good race in the rest of the year. They they got they got some momentum um, after after the start so far. The clash turned out turned out good, and then Daytona was obviously um, really good racing. So definitely so good to see. Before we move to the new subject, um, are they still planning on turning California into like a shorter track? So that is that has not been um, determined one hundred percent yet. So, from my understanding, and this is just the stuff that I have heard, whether it be from other, you know, opinion people online, whether it's you know YouTube or other podcasts or you know Dale Earnhardt Jr. you know whoever, right? Like whoever's out there talking about it. From my understanding, is California is looking at doing that, um, the the track, but it's it's going to be extremely difficult for them to do that, and so they're kind of wanting to see how this the racing plays out with this new car. That's that seems to be my understanding of it. Now, I that could be completely wrong, because yes, they were talking about making it a short track. Um, now they didn't disclose, you know, they hadn't gotten into like what kind, what was it going to look like? Was it going to be something more, you know, like a Richmond or something more like a Bristol? You know what I mean? Like they hadn't talked about that, but in terms of reconfiguring it, um, you know, from everything that I had heard, uh, it's going to be really hard for them to do. And in fact, let me see what, let me look this up real quick see if they've got any news on this so yeah the last thing that i see is is from 2020 and there the plan was to redesign it into a half mile um yeah high banked half mile is what they were saying but from the way that they're talking about having to do it by by how they they were going to have to move the parking and change it was going to be much more than just changing the oh, track inside yeah it was going to be over a, the infield I everything, mean, everything yeah and so and, i don't know if they're still planning on doing that or not and here's my thing with it don't don't change california california's a great racetrack yeah i love i love watching the racing at california it gets real interesting because it usually comes down to a fuel mileage race and it comes down to a strategy which it, i like in racing i feel like if you're gonna transform one track to mimic another why don't we why don't we go through the united states and find a track similar and just run there well exactly that's the thing because for me changing california never made sense to 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 reconfigure fontana because if you look at it there's only two tracks like that on the schedule right when you look at two mile high bank tracks there's fontana and there's uh, Michigan. That's it, right? Now, you want to talk about, hey, maybe we can reconfigure a one-and-a-half-mile you know, track with a dog leg or a tri-oval. Well, there's thousands of them, right? Like, go reconfigure oh, one of those. Or, our like schedule's said, full of them now. Yeah. <laughs> or like you said, go find something that's already a short track that's similar. I would much rather see NASCAR go to Nashville fairgrounds right you want a short track go to the nashville fairgrounds go somewhere like that instead of reconfiguring a track either go to nashville fairgrounds 
or come right up to the great state of Indiana where I'm at, not to pat myself on the back, <laughs> and, and run at Salem. Yeah. Salem or Anderson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, them tracks might tracks. be a little little too small for the next-gen stuff, for the Cup Series, but I think you can run trucks there. I think you yeah. can probably get away with Xfinity there. I think you're going to start seeing more of that, though, too. I think you're going to see the trucks and the Xfinity run at a lot of these other places like um, I, I, to kind of test them for the cup cars. I might I might catch some flack here for this comment, but this is just how I feel, and this is how I see it. Tony Stewart's SRX series is changing the game of NASCAR. I would agree with that. I, I would because, I would I agree mean, with you, that. If you look at what they're doing, they're doing short tracks. Their their viewership was way up last year for their first year. Mm-hmm. They sold out every racetrack, and yep. they didn't go to these cookie cutter mile and a half racetracks that we always no. see. No, they're they're going back to the roots, back to where everybody started. And I feel like NASCAR is probably seeing that. Like, damn, maybe we should start doing that. But instead of reconfiguring all these racetracks that they go to now. Let's go find some new ones. Yes. Let's venture out. Yeah. Because I, I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of racetracks across the United States, and I'm sure they could find one that would work with what they want to do to California. Leave yes. California alone. That racetrack mm-hmm. is has its own character for a reason. It's one yep. of the fastest tracks that they go to, and now they go there what once a year. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. Most of the tracks now, if you look at the schedule. They're getting they're getting to more and more single races, you know, once 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 a year, right? Now California has always been a once a year track. Um, Darlington this year is actually going to be back to twice a year, which I actually like. I like that. But but if you look at it, you know, they they used to it used to be you know Daytona twice, uh, Atlanta twice, Phoenix, you know, all these tracks they would go to twice a year and. I would much rather see them, even, you know, you want to keep your core group of tracks, right? You want to go to Charlotte twice a year. You want to go to Daytona, Darlington twice a year, um, you know, even, you know, Talladega, whatever, like the ones that you've been going to for a very long time like that. I get that. But with these other ones that we've been adding and trying and stuff like that, you know, I'm all for them just going there once a year. I think it makes that stop much more important it makes it much more desirable from a fan's point of view to want to go and it makes it much more special because now it's it's an event you know that's one of the things that if you look at um f1 right now f1 is different obviously because they're traveling all you know to different continents right like it is a traveling circus but when you look at a race right you look at when f1 came to coda circuit of the americas right like that was an event you know what I mean? Like it was an event. NASCAR races used to be an event. Like you went there not just for the racing, but because it was like, you know, it was an experience and they've lost some of that. And I think doing some stuff with the schedule and adding different tracks could bring some of that back. I really do. Um, you know, well, why do you need to go to a track with 200,000 people? When was the last time 200,000 people showed up to a NASCAR race? Who cares? Uh, right? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. find something that's 50,000, well, whatever, fill it up and, and everybody else can watch on TV. And I felt the same way last year with the NASCAR schedule. Leave, leave your crown, crown jewel events alone. Yes. 
I absolutely hated the fact that they took the Brickyard 400 and put it on the road course layout and said, this is the Brickyard. That's not the Brickyard. Yes, I hate that's that That's not too. the Brickyard 400. That's that's not the NASCAR Brickyard 400. Yeah, yeah if you want to do that with the Xfinity, that's fine. I'm cool yeah. with that. Yeah, but I'm with you. When a cup guy wins at the Brickyard, it, it ain't going to be the same. It's not the same historic behind it. No. Of uh-uh. all the guys that's ever won the Brickyard 400, now it's just a, a road course. Yeah, it's and just I feel a road like, course. Well, if you, if you want to go run a road course, I can think of thousands of them in, in the United States that don't even get any NASCAR love. Yeah. Like, let, let's go put these cars on Laguna Seca for one. Yeah, go throw them on a, on a, on a, on a real road course. Go on a know? technical road course like that. Like, could yeah. you imagine going through the corkscrew in a cup car? Yeah, that would be <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be insane. That would be crazy. <laughs> I wa- I used to watch him at at Sears Point or Sonoma, whatever they call it now, uh, when they put when they first put in the chute there, and just watching those guys go through the chute there, it was it was crazy, man, to see them have to go down that and and you know hard on the brakes through there. I couldn't imagine them going through the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. Yeah, that might be a little terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it would be in those things. Because I mean, you wouldn't be able to shoebox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try going through there too wide. It, yeah, exactly. Being near impossible. I might try that on the simulator <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Well, speaking of road course racing, uh, a couple things we all want to touch on some F1 stuff really quick before we hop over to dirt. Not much happening in the dirt world right now, anyways. Uh, the Outlaws got rained out. The, their last couple of races got rained out. So. Um, we got a couple of things we got to touch on with the USAC because they got underway this last weekend. But before we get to that, F1 fired up their testing. They're in Barcelona right now. And a couple of interesting things uh, coming out. Now, like we talked about with the next-gen cars, the F1 cars are are completely revamped. And one of the most interesting things, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to this. So for those of you who are F1 fans... You've probably seen, you know, the new front um, nose wings, the rear spoilers, and obviously those are a, a really big deal. But the the biggest thing to me that I am that I have been keeping my eye on, and this testing um, has got me excited about, is the new ground effects. Now the ground effects have been outlawed for decades. They got rid of them a long, long time ago. And one of the thing with ground effects is the the faster you're going, the more the ground effects help. Okay. Downforce, for, for those of you who don't know a lot about downforce, okay, I'll make this as simple and as quick as I can. Downforce works with speed. All right. This is something that most people don't understand. So I'll give you an example because almost everyone can relate to this, all right? And hopefully you're not this person who I'm about to clown on. But if you're one of those people who goes out and you buy a Honda Civic hatchback and then you throw a big rear wing on the back of it, that is not doing anything for your car, okay? All you're doing is causing drag. In order for you to even see a benefit from that, the amount of speed that you need to be carrying is far more than what that car will be doing at a consistent level. All right, and I'm not talking about people who actually are racing actual race car that you know that are Honda Civics. I'm talking about your average person who goes out and buys one of these things, lowers it to the ground, throws a spoiler on it. That does nothing, okay? Because the amount of speed that you have to be carrying for that to be a benefit to you is very, very high. With ground effects, what they're seeing is that they're 
the the high speed corners they're actually taking them at an increased speed which is insane if you ever watch an f1 race at somewhere like monza or the red bull ring it is insane the amount of speed that they carry through those corners but the low speed corners right so when you're talking about going through you know a hairpin or something like that they're having to go through it even slower and this is something where i i'm i'm so looking forward to the first race because we just talked about you know technical road courses i think this is going to make the technical the technical parts of the tracks and the technical tracks overall even more so because of the fact that now trying to carry speed through these slower these slower corners is going to be so much more important because you don't have that thing just glued to the ground you look at what red bull had done over the last couple of seasons the way that they would rake their cars out that's how they would beat somebody like a Mercedes, where at these tracks where Mercedes just dominates in terms of top speed, Red Bull could corner at a much higher clip because of their cars generated so much downforce. The handling was so much better. And when I say so much better, keep in mind, we're talking about fractions of a second, but in F1, that's huge. Now, with them having to be, have, having to, the, the slower parts of the track being that much slower and that much more technical, it's going to be really interesting to see how things turn out and so far it's been really really interesting so i just wanted to cover that really quick because there was a lot of people um who had been talking about you know with all the new regulations one of the things that they were worried about was the cars basically being cookie cutter they were afraid that it was going to be like a spec series every manufacturer i mean every one of these cars is different. If you look at the Ferrari compared to the Mercedes, it is different. You can just put it next to each other and you can see a huge difference between them. The McLarens are different. The Aston Martins, everybody's different. So that is cool because the manufacturer um, actually still matters. And the the way that they're driving them is is been really interesting. And I think we're going to see this year, obviously, a Verstappen or a Hamilton or, you know, Charles Leclerc, like those guys who have been race winning drivers over these last few years and have been fast, they're going to be fast again. But I think it opens the potential for some of these other other guys who haven't been at the top, uh, maybe because their equipment hasn't been as good. I think it opens a possibility to see them make a step forward. Now, are they going to be winning races? I don't know. I, I Is Alfa Romeo going to be up there with Ferrari and Red Bull and Mercedes? Probably not, but the potential for it is there. And so that is something that I'm really excited about um, and looking forward to. So, so far at the F1 testing, it's off to a good start. And I'm looking forward to the, to the season kicking off, which, um, you know, is, is just in a few weeks. We got Bahrain up in March 18th. So it should be, it should be fun, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I wish I got into F1 a little more. Unfortunately, I, I love it. I love it. You know, and the crazy thing is, is that I got back. I used to watch F1 a ton when I was a kid, when I was younger. And I, I grew up watching F1 when, you know, Art and Senna was the man, right? Like, I, I remember owning the Art and Senna video game. I think it was called Art and Senna GP or something like that, or Art and Senna Racing or something like that. Like, I had it, and I think it was on Nintendo. Like, that's how old it was. And I grew up watching it at that time. And then when I was, you know, getting older, right, teens and stuff like that, that was when 
Schumacher dominated, right? Like Michael Schumacher walked on water. He did what he did what Lewis Hamilton did before Lewis Hamilton. I mean, he just dominated. And it was towards the end of Schumacher's run that I kind of got out of Formula One. I stopped watching it because it was I just got tired of it. Um, you know, it was just like, okay, so the same guy always wins and like doesn't get challenged and what the hell? Like you've got to be in that car to, you know, I mean, I just got I kind of got at that time I was doing my own racing in real life. We were getting, you know, doing outlaw carts and stuff like that and I, you know, I'm I'm seeing you know, work and and the time that we put into just something like that and it's like, so you mean these other teams, they do all this work and they show up and they don't even have a chance. They just can't even compete. Like it just I was really turned off by the whole thing. And I got back into F1 when I started doing sim racing. I started doing sim racing and I started, you know, just kind of getting back into a lot of the racing stuff that I had stopped paying attention to because I was doing sim racing. I was like, God, you know what? I haven't watched an F1 race in forever. I'm going to watch one, you know, and I started watching them. I had kind of followed it through the years, you know, but I wasn't watching them. You know, one of the guys I worked with was a diehard F1 fan. And so we would talk about it and stuff and I would kind of follow along. I wasn't watching it. And I got back into it because of sim racing. And then I watched about six months after I started doing sim racing. It was right around the kind of the launch of SSR, uh, my business. I watched the Formula One Drive to Survive documentary, docu-series on Netflix. And after I watched that, I was all in. I was all in on F1 after that. Now, I sat down and watched that. That was actually a really good show. And I it's wished, awesome. I wish NASCAR or the Outlaws or USAC or one of these dirt series would start their own to give the outside fan a perspective on what them guys do yes well one of the things the most important thing that i ever learned about you know online business marketing sales anything like that is if you can get people to invest into somebody's story right whoever whoever the main character is whether it's a you know whether it's a, a Daniel Ricardo F1 driver right or you know uh, a Justin Grant or a Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott or whoever it is if you can get the people to invest in their story to be interested in the story of the person right now you're actually invested in this person not just watching them race but their day to day the things that happen behind the scenes if you do that you've got them people will tune in to watch the races just because they're now they're invested in it now. It's why the NFL and the NBA are so huge because people are so invested in the stories and the behind the scenes stuff, right? I mean, look at how many people were literally crying when Tom Brady retired, right? It's like I don't care if you live in New England, right? You you don't you don't know Tom Brady. He wouldn't know you if you if he tripped over you in the street. Why are you crying? Well, it's because they're so invested in not just him as a football player. They're invested in him as the person. And that's what that F1 series does. They've done such a phenomenal job with it. If I ran NASCAR or World of Outlaws, I would go to the people who produced that series and be like, what, what do I got to pay you to do the same thing over here? 
What, what What's it going to cost? Because I would do the same thing because F1 has had a huge bump because of that, especially here in America. F1's huge all over the world all right, already, right? But in America, they've seen a huge bump because of that. You can make a direct correlation to it. And you're right. If, if you know, NASCAR or World of Outlaws or someone like that would do something like that, I think it would be a huge, huge deal, especially on the dirt side, because that's think about the connection that people could make on the dirt side where in the F1 world, you want to go back and and meet Max Verstappen. You're putting up some money for pit passes and everything else, whereas I can go shake Brad Sweet's hand right at when they're coming on the West Coast swing and it costs me 40 bucks for a pit pass. You know what I mean? 50 bucks for a pit pass. You can't do that in F1 or NASCAR. Oh, you can't. No. You know no. what I mean? I mean, how you seen it at Daytona. Oh, it's insane. You, you can go in the garage, but you can talk to the driver, but you got to be on a pe- on the other side of a piece of glass like they're prisoners. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I would, I would love to see something like that on the dirt side. You know, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but it would be, it would be awesome if they if they did do something like that. And it and it would be awesome, but I mean it would come down to money. It that's would. The, that's the biggest thing. Like anything else, it'll come down to money. Yep. It, it's a, it's all about what's going to drive that bottom line. So. But I, I wish in the top forms of motorsports and it and I guess it could go from drag racing down. I wish, the driver to fan interaction was a little better. Yes. Yes, I'm with you on that. I do. Um, it's, uh, you know, and part of that is just, you know, it, it, it actually circles back to money because there's so much corporate dollars at stake, right? You know, the drivers, oh, absolutely. it's not like those guys are just hanging out in their, their, their buses, right? Like they're at, they're at appearances and doing meet and greets. And, you know, they've got all these these things that they have to do for their sponsors. And you look now, I mean, dude, you saw those guys on pit road, right? I mean, Ryan Blaney, how many patches does he have on his driver's suit? Like 50, you know what I mean? Like how many sponsors, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just, it reminded me of that movie office space and and 30 pieces of flair, right? Like they're just stuff everywhere on those guys because you know, that's what it takes to pay the bills, you know, on a team like that. So they're they're constantly having to do those things and it's very very hard for them to have real interactions with fans um when you're when you're running around all day long every day yeah and and that's the thing when when you got the corporate dollar in your back pocket per se you kind of got to do as they say yeah and and what really sucks and what I don't like is oh yeah you can you can go do a meet and greet but it's going to cost you 50, 60 bucks. Yep. Yeah. Now, the average fan, depending on what sport it is and what mm-hmm. series it is, won't pay that. No. I know I won't. Not when I can go meet all my dirt track buddies at, say, Lawrenceburg Speedway and just walk right into the pits, pay pay pit pass, and bam, I, have, I can go back here and talk to any driver I want. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, well, speaking of Lawrenceburg, that's a, that's a good transition to – because we got we do have a little bit of dirt now lawrenceburg actually comes up april 2nd but that's the next race on the usac sprint car series now last week we talked about the midgets and the world of outlaws everybody was getting underway the usac guys had not kicked off yet they kicked it off that night at ocala in florida 
They at Bubba Raceway Park, they ran the 17th, 18th, and 19th, and Emerson Axum uh, put it on him. He won two out of the three nights. He won night one and night three. Justin Grant won night two. Did you get a chance to see any of these races? Yeah, yeah I did. Emerson Axum pulled out the deck of cards and threw him right in the middle of the table. <laughs> yeah, he, he was on it, man. He was on it, dude. I did not see, I did not see night number one. Um, I saw bits of night number two and then, and, and, uh, a bulk of night number three. And yeah, man, that he was, he was definitely the, the, the guy to be, I mean, he was so good. Um, yeah. especially on night number three, man. And his, his car was hooked up, looked mm-hmm. real good, but that's what happens when you have one of the best in the pits of Tim Clausen and his group working on your race car yes yeah exactly you know and we talked about Clawson, you know before and just the you know there's been obviously brian was phenomenal but i mean there's been a lot of good people who've come through that ride and had incredible success and axum is definitely off to a good start to the season yep he he uh Definitely showed his cards like, hey, guys, I can I can contend here, too. Yeah. And the racing was really good from what I've seen. Um, the track conditions, not so much, I feel like. But then again, on the other hand, you had some rain. Yes. Which yeah, I'll give them that been... benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But, man, there were some portions of Bubble Raceway Park where it was really rough. Yep. But I tell you what, if you didn't watch the third night, the, the fireworks in the USAC pits has started. Um, really? Jake Swanson and Robert Blue made some contact, and they fought it out in the pits. Somebody ended up on their ass and face all bloody, and it'll be, I'm interested to see if it'll carry over to Lawrenceburg, because once when you do that to Robert, you kind of got to watch your back. Yeah, well, they call him the, what is it? The madman? I mean, the madman for a reason. <laughs> they call him that for a reason. I actually, so I actually used to race outlaw cars with Robert Ballou. Uh, I knew Robert Ballou when Robert Ballou was a little kid. Um, and he was nuts. Um, I used to work with his uncle. Um, we used to do bumpers and stuff. We, we sold bumpers at body to body shops and stuff like that. And um, I talked about before, with uh uh kyle larson and brad sweet when i watched them in outlaw carts where it was just like those guys are different in terms of their skill you could see them do stuff that no other kid you know in any age group was doing when i watched robert i remember my first impression of him i was like that guy's nuts right like he was a kid i'm like he's nuts like he would do stuff yeah he (laughs) would do stuff and it's like what are you doing like that you're you're not just trying to drive you know a round peg through a square hole dude you're trying to take an 18 wheeler you know into into the drive-through there like what what are what's, what's in your head man so yeah, he was he was on the throttle and just crazy, and um, <laughs> like you said, he still is. So he's just doing it as an adult now. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that that had happened after the race. So I'll so, I, I'll have to keep my eyes on that. What happened was they were coming off four, and Robert looked like he tried to squeeze Swanson and just ran over his right front, ruined Swanson's night, of course. Yeah, Robert kept going, and it just. It bled over because Swanson had words with Mesrall and 
Swanson's night just wasn't good. He won his heat race. He he slid Mesraw. I guess it was questionable. I didn't see it. And mm-hmm. then I guess Swanson's heat race interview, he said, well, like Thomas Mesra always says, slide or die. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, of course, put a mic in Mesraw's face after, and I think he played it off well. He didn't even talk about it, wasn't even pissed off about it, which is cool. That's yeah. what I like. And and yeah, when I seen the video of the fight in the pits, I was like, Wow. You got a you got a shot on Robert, good for you. You knocked mm-hmm. him on his on his rear end, good for you. But me knowing Robert, yeah, you, you might want to watch your back the rest yeah. of the year though. That's the downfall, because he'll he'll get you back eventually. Because yeah. yeah. I remember when I was racing a lot with him, we we had a big wreck and cracked our block, so it put us out for a while. And Robert shot me a text and was like, hey, since you're out, why don't you just come work with us for a little bit? Okay. Well, it was during Indiana Sprint Week, and we went to Larnsburg, and him and Levi Jones, when Levi Jones raced for Tony Stewart. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and Robert made some contact in the heat race, and I was just there as their tire guy, and I was changing tires out, and Robert's crew guy, Derek, when the car pulled up, Robert, I've never seen anybody get out of the car as fast as Robert did. And I was like, I wonder where he's going. <laughs> Derek was like, hey, let's get on the quad and go get him because he's going to he's gonna end up in a fight. And by the time we got over there, him and Levi was already on the ground. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> what do long. I do? So I, <laughs> I just kind of stood back and Robert was like, what was you doing? I was like, well, I've got a race with you guys too. So I ain't getting in the middle of yeah, it. I'm not fighting <laughs> here. <laughs> oh he, man. That's but, awesome. But he, if anybody knows Robert, he, he races with a lot of passion. He's that. He does. He races he, hard. He, he's not a corporate backed guy. Like some of the USAC guys are where they got to dot their I's and cross their T's. And mm-hmm. Robert works real hard for what he's got. And if you yeah. cross him, he, you just made an enemy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And look, he's a, he's not just somebody who, you know, that it's not like he's just got the money to race with these guys and goes out and race. Like you're talking about, you know, a established successful driver, right? We're talking about a champion, right? This is a, this is a previous champion. Like he's had phenomenal seasons, you know, has done incredible things. So, to see him, you know, like you said, he races with a lot of passion. He's not, he's not one of these corporate drivers or anything like that. Like he's, he's out there just, you know, putting it down. You know what I mean? Like he, he just, he's out there to, to race hard and win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people that I know that don't like Robert and it's because he talks a lot. Yeah. Whether it be on social media or you put a mic in his face and he's going to tell you what it is right there. Mm-hmm. He has no filter. And like I've told some close people to me, well, yeah, he's not corporate backed. If he had NOS energy on his, on his uniform, he probably wouldn't say as much because he knows if I say the wrong thing here, yeah, I'm going to lose a lot. And yeah. since he's not, he just, if the track's crap, he's going to tell you, Hey, yeah, the racetrack's terrible. Yeah. I don't know how many times he did it last year. <laughs> yeah. And that's just how Robert is. He just, but on the other hand, he's a hell of a race car driver. Yep. I think he, I think he's probably one of the best non-wing guys. I'd put him up with the best of them. There's a reason why he races in USAC. There's a reason why 
he's a USAC champion. Yeah. And he's well-respected outside of that. Yeah, he is. He is. So interesting start to the season. You know, have to, we'll have to see, see how that, that carries over. Uh, Cause yeah. Kick off oh, the but... season with the fight in the pits. It's a. <laughs> yeah. Found to be, found to be Opening weekend. Yeah. It's never good when you start the season with a, no, with a it, fist fight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, the racing was really good. Emerson Axum has established himself as a guy to to compete for the championship which is awesome because he's a young let, let's face it we talk about these grown men he's a kid yes and he is still a kid and he is he completely outdrove tanner thorson which blew my mind because when tanner got to him I, I was thinking tanner will get him here he, he'll use some better moves and he didn't yeah well yeah and you're talking i mean let's be honest you're talking about tanner dorson you're talking about one of the best one of the best dirt drivers in the world right not just absolutely one of the best drivers dirt drivers in the world so you know he's the fact that i mean emerson is he is he even 18 he's like 17 i think isn't he yeah he's still pretty young yeah so i mean you're talking about someone who can't even it can't even can't even drink or smoke legally. Can't even drink a yeah. beer after yeah. he wins a race. Yeah, exactly. He's you know what drinking I mean? his juice. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? So, so it's uh for him to come out and and get the the start to this this the year that he's got is it's pretty cool, man. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out for him. Hopefully, hopefully he has a he has a you know uh, keeps it up. You know, keeps it going. I hope so too, because usually anybody that gets in in a Clausen card you have high expectations. Yes. And exactly. And it, they're not they're not low. They're they're very high. There's a mm-hmm. reason why unfortunately Cole Bodine vacated that ride last year. Yeah. In the middle of the season. He just wasn't performing. And if if you don't perform, the Clausens are gonna find somebody that will. And yeah. they found somebody that will. And he showed flashes last year when Emerson was in that car a handful of times. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that that's impressive. Yeah, that's very impressive. And what else was impressive this weekend was you had Tanner Thorson go run with the All-Stars, run 10th, and then throw the wing right off the car and go put it on the podium with USAC. I mean, it yeah. just shows how diverse some of these guys really are. Yeah, yeah, they are, man. The 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 dirt drivers today, man, they, they, can, they can really just drive anything. You know, when you start looking at these guys that are not – they're not just going from wing to non-wing. You got guys who are going from wing to non-wing to late models to – you know, and like they're bouncing yeah. all over the place. Like and, it's and really incredible. I love seeing it. I like seeing them go out of their comfort zone and running these different cars and touching back on Tanner. It's incredible to see him do what he's doing now, especially after he just broke two legs a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he flipped his hauler. I mean, that to come back from that, because he was at NASCAR before. He was in the truck series. He broke his legs, and he wasn't able to run the truck no more. Yeah. And I think it's a big bounce-back season, past couple seasons for Tanner. And I I think he's he's just getting started this year. Yeah, yep, he is. So it's going to be a fun year, man. We've, we've, unfortunately, we've got a... You know, we have we had the opening weekend in Florida. And now now we got to wait. We got to wait quite a while for the uh, the USAC season to pick back up in April. But obviously, we do have some other dirt racing on the schedule. World of Outlaws, like I said, the last two shows, um, Magnolia Motor Speedway and the Rev 
Um, both of them were rained out. Uh, their next ones are going to be March 4th and 5th at the Cotton Bowl Speedway in Texas. So those those should definitely, you know, happen. And then they're going to be out here in California, which um, I'm going to try to actually get to um, a couple of the races, uh, at least one. I would like to because they're going to be out in Tulare. And then they've got Merced, Watsonville, Bakersfield, and Paris. Now, Paris, I would love to go to, but Paris is actually the farthest away for me. It's it's like Paris eight hours be. away. Paris yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, it's a Paris is an awesome track. I've been there twice. We ran, we actually ran the midgets there um, when USAC came through years and years ago. We went down and ran Paris, and that was such an awesome track. So, I'd like to go check a couple of those out, at least one, you know, potentially two. Um, obviously, a lot of that depends on the wife. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but but yeah, they'll be they'll be hitting their West Coast swing, and like I said. We should have some race in there, hopefully. But yeah, everything else after we after Florida is gonna on a little bit of a little bit of a standstill. So yeah, and I I think I plan on being at Lawrenceburg for the USAC opener there, so I'll be able to give some updates on that when we do the podcast the following Thursday. And have, we had plans to go to Bristol, and that's not looking like it's going to happen this year, um, unfortunately. But I think. I think where I'm going to try to go to Let's Race to It Outdoor that following weekend would be the first weekend of May. So, I mean, we're just getting started. And yeah. We've got a long ways to go. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I actually want to go to um, Indiana Sprint Week. I want yeah. to go to that this year. We need to get you on a plane and get you out I here. Know, I know. I know. I want to do that. That's That is on my bucket list of things to do. And I want to do that so bad. Um, Either get you out here for sprint week or get you to up to Eldora or something. Yeah, I want I want to do that so bad. So I'm hoping to be able to do that this year. Um, we'll have to see how things go. But yeah, like you said, we got a long, got a long, long ways to go. But, but yeah. All right. So you guys, that's all we got so far for today. Now, really quick, before we go, we do have one ask the guys or what i can't remember what the email was because we just changed it ask three wide there it is ask three wide so if you guys want to ask us a question a question about anything racing whatever i don't care what toothpaste keith likes what beer he drinks but i don't know whatever whatever you want <laughs> uh send just send to ask the number three wide at gmail it's all one all one thing ask three wide at gmail and this one's from jody and i'm hoping i'm saying that name right so please forgive me if i'm not but j-o-d-i-e um he it was actually kind of funny that he that he's asking this because he said axum is on a roll it's jody he's he is but it's only been three races so let's let's see what happens but he said axum is on a roll can he continue this in lawrenceburg uh i i mean that'll be interesting to see the one thing that we just talked about jody and you know and keith knows this too i mean obviously when you're talking about the the ride i mean obviously he's got a phenomenal car so we know his equipment's good obviously the kid can drive but you know bubba raceway going from bubba raceway park to lawrenceburg that's two different things night and day yeah (laughs) it's night and day you know what i mean and you know there's although you know usac does this down in florida you know what i mean like 
that's that's the start of the season. But really, to me, it's like USAC gets underway in April. Like that's when things get serious. Yeah, Florida yeah. everyone's out there running and stuff like that. But it's like when things pick up, you know, April time. Like that's when you really start seeing these guys, the midgets, the sprint cars, and everything. Yes, the seasons have technically started, but that's to me when like racing gets underway. So yeah, could he go to Lawrenceburg and 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 continue obviously you must be a huge um emerson axum fan there jody so uh yeah he could but i mean there's there's so many other good drivers in that series it would be hard to say that i'm gonna touch on it too and and kenny yeah he can willie we don't know yeah because i spend a lot of time at lawrenceburg i've spent a lot of time racing at lawrenceburg yes justin grant Brady Bacon, a lot of guys have won a lot of races at Lawrenceburg. Yes. They have a lot more seat time at Lawrenceburg. Lawrenceburg is very intimidating at first. Yes. And you're talking about one of the staples in terms of non-wing sprint car racing in Indiana, right? Like that's, it's, it's a big deal there. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's, it's it's a big high bank, fast racetrack. Mm -hmm. And Justin Grant's dominant there. Brady Bacon's been dominant there. CJ Leary. I mean, the list goes on. Can he do it? He can. Will it be tough? Yeah. It's going to be tougher than Bubba. It's going to be tougher than than the Florida week down there. Mm -hmm. I won't be surprised if he doesn't win. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them guys don't win because they're the best of the best. There's a reason why. Yes, exactly. But also what comes with USAC and what comes with Lawrenceburg is you're going to have some weekend warrior guys that run predominantly at Lawrenceburg. Yeah, that's their track. Like your Tyler Kendall. That are very, very, very strong there and really fast there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, can he take it and keep going with it? He can, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be harder. The season's just starting, yep. and it's going to get harder, and it's going to get tougher. And I'm not just saying that he he can't do it because he did it with the midgets, but when it comes to the sprint car stuff, it, 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 that's the premier USAC series. Yeah. The guys that's competition's tougher up in the sprint cars. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm in, I'm gonna follow along on his year this year, of course. Um, it's just gonna it's gonna be hard because you're gonna have maybe ten guys that run just nothing but Lawrenceburg show up, and they they they've shown up and won there before. So yes, and that's something that tougher. that's something that doesn't get enough. Um, you know the the hardcore dirt fans know this but you know that's one thing that doesn't get enough attention you know never count out the your local track champion i mean really you know yes you know when the outlaws or usac or those guys come to town it's a big deal right and they're the best in the world and that's why they're on those tours but there's been plenty of times where the local guy has won those races. You know, what well, I mean? it, and, it happens. And to use this as an example, look what the when the outlaws went to was it Sharon and Blaney won, and that that's yeah, Blaney on track. He, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a hot shoe there. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing, like any other racetrack that USAC goes to, there's going to be that weekend guy that is your hot shoe there. Yeah, and Bilby has won. A boatload of races there. Yeah, Jonathan Allard won the Gold Cup back, you know, years ago. Jonathan Allard is not an outlaw, but he won yeah. Gold Cup. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, it can happen. So, but I don't want to say that he 
he's not gonna he's gonna go in there and be like, ah, oh, I can't win. No, of course well, not. When you're you, the the to do what he just did, right? To be in the ride that you're in, you're yeah. good, and you you know yeah. you've got talent. Yeah, I, I just Jody, I think it's gonna be hard. It's gonna yeah. be tough. Yeah, I yes. wouldn't count him out. That's for sure. No, no, no. Yeah, root. yeah. I wouldn't uh, bet against him. Yeah, ob- <laughs> obviously, obviously, he just Jody. That in yeah, Florida. <laughs> obviously, Jody, you are an Emerson Axum fan. It, look, so am I. I'm a, I'm a fan of of anybody who's who's good on dirt. But, um, you know, to continue to continue that in Lawrenceburg, I it, it's so tough. USAC is one of those series that you know what i mean these guys can go on these runs and they'll have a couple of good weeks and then you could see them not win a race for a month you know what i mean like it, the, the competition i mean is it's just like stiff. it's like nascar you could see emerson go the rest of the season and not win another race yes just the name of the game mm-hmm. well i do i think he'll get another one i think he will yes it's just gonna it's gonna get harder yes exactly it will it will so so thanks for the question you guys so yeah that'll do it if you guys want to if you guys want to send in a question to us and have us answer it here on the pod ask three wide at gmail.com and we will do that but that's gonna do it all for this week we will be back next week remember we're back to weekly pods here so we will be back next week and we'll be diving into whatever is happening some more nascar whatever it is i don't know but we'll be back to talk all things racing so keith Thank you very much, as always, for joining me. It would not be what it is without you, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Can't wait. Sounds good. So, all right, everybody, thank you very much. Remember to share, like, subscribe, all that other good stuff, and we will be back here next week to do it all over again. And until then, take care.